Blog Talk Radio.
Every day is a day of thanksgiving. God's been so good to me. Every day he's blessing me. How many of you know that is because of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed? His compassion fails not. They are new every morning. Great is God's faithfulness towards us. Good afternoon, listeners. You are listening to Global Gospel. I'm your host, Reverend Lamar Townsend, and we are here every Saturday from 1 p.m. until 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We want you to know that we don't own the rights to any of the music that you hear on today, but we pray that it is a blessing to you, to you, and to you. We want you to tell your family, tell your friends, tell your neighbors to log on to www.blogtalkradio.com slash global hyphen gospel. You can also call in. 619-924-0800, 619-924-0800 at the appointed time. Please also connect with Global Gospel. We're on social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We are on Tumblr. If you go to our Facebook page, our Twitter page, or our Tumblr page and look for Global Gospel and connect with us, there is a direct link to each and every episode. All you have to do is click on the embedded image. All of our shows are archived. You can listen any time of day or night. In addition to being on Block Talk Radio, you can uh, connect with us on Apple iTunes. You can connect with us on Spotify, and you can connect with us on Google Play. All you have to do is look for Global Gospel. We do want to shout out our sponsors on today. Just a few of them. Shout out to MPT Enterprise. Shout out to Grandma Edda's Quilting. Shout out to Third Lounge. Shout out to the Nationwide Black Family Mediation Services. We thank God for you, you, and for you. Also, we want to shout out you, our listeners. New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Maryland, Delaware, Virginia, Washington, D.C., North Carolina, Florida, Georgia, California, Michigan, Illinois. To those that are outside of the continental United States, Canada, Mexico, Jamaica, West Indies, Bahamas, Trinidad, Colombia, Brazil, Portugal, Spain, the United Kingdom, Nigeria, Ghana, South Africa, Kenya, Pakistan, Turkey, Japan, South Korea, wherever you are, thank God for you, you, and for you. Thank God for the listening families, the Townsend family, the Norman family, the Stevenson family, the Berman family, the Hernandez family, the Hartley family, the Burdell family, the Washington family, the, the Wiggins family, the McCoy family, the Walker family, the Allen family, the Thompson family, the Jones family, the Brinson family, the Bradley family, the Bowers, the Bowers family, the Latham family, the Odom family, the Davis family, the Locke family, the Sultan family. Thank God for you, for you, and for you. Thank you for sharing these moments with us. For those that have tuned into Global Gospel for the first time, we want you to know that you can connect with us at P.O. Box 5331. That is in Hempstead, New York, where the zip code is 11550. You can also email us globalgospel17 at g mail.com those are all the ways that you can connect with us and certainly we will be delighted and excited to hear from you and to share with you for those that are connecting uh, with us and you don't quite know what our theme here is our theme scripture comes from second corinthians chapter 4 verse 3 but if our gospel be hid it is hid to them that are lost and whom the God of this world have blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. So we want you to know today that the gospel is here to bring light in your dark situation. The gospel is here to heal you, to deliver you, to save you, and to set you free. The gospel is comprehensive. It meets every need in your life. If you have an emotional need, if you have a spiritual need, if you have a financial need, you can find that 
the answer to that problem in God's word. You may be down and out. You may be suicidal. You may be oppressed. But certainly the answer is in the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the good news. It is glad tidings. It is the power of God unto salvation. For the simple fact that Jesus was born, that he lived, that he died, that he was resurrected, and with all power in his hand, with victory over death, hell, and the grave. And certainly today we have life and we have it more abundantly because of Christ Jesus. So we thank you for sharing. We pray that something is said on today to encourage you, to uplift you, and to inspire you. And so that you will not give hope, that you will not be faint of heart, because God knows, he sees, and he cares. Certainly, we do have a special guest that will be sharing with us in just a few minutes. And so we are going to go to break. And after break, you will be hearing from our special guest. Stay tuned and be blessed.
back and you are listening to Global Gospel and our special guest is here live in studio with us. Good afternoon, special guest. Good afternoon, man of God. How are you today? I'm doing well. I'm sitting here jamming to the wonderful music that you're playing. Awesome, awesome. So our listeners, a few of them didn't catch your voice. Tell our listeners who you are on this Saturday afternoon. Okay, my name is Victor A.G. I am the senior pastor of New Vision Baptist Cathedral located in East Orange, New Jersey. Awesome. We Well, we thank God for the bishop, Victor A.G., being with us here on today from New Vision in East Orange, New Jersey. And certainly we know that you have a very busy schedule, and we're grateful that you were able to take time out of your schedule to share with us. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, well, notice that I started off. I didn't put the title on it because at the end <laughs> of the day, my mother and father named me Victor. The All titles right. come and the titles go. But um, I certainly am grateful for this opportunity to be with you. Um, I was introduced to you uh, about a month or two ago, and you and your brother, and it has just been such a blessing. I am originally from Chicago, Illinois. I uh, was born and raised there, and for five years I have now uh, moved to New Jersey to pastor New Vision Baptist Cathedral. And a former state bishop in the Full Gospel Baptist Church Fellowship of Illinois, um, and so I had quite a few churches under my jurisdiction there. I pastored Praise Temple of Restoration in Chicago, uh, the founding pastor, or as some people would say, the establishmentarian. <laughs> and uh, right. after uh, being called to New Jersey, um, I switched over, which was a life change for me. And I am just enjoying the the promises of God and being obedient to him as it relates to walking in the assignment that is attached to my hand. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we thank uh, you for, again, for sharing with us all the way from the, from East Orange, New Jersey, by way of the Windy City, Chi-Town. That's right. All right. And uh, right. I was in Chicago a few years ago and, October and it was cold already in October and I mean we have an unseasonally warm weather this year but it was cold yeah. in Chicago in October uh, but certainly a uh, great city and certainly we thank God that you're on the East Coast with us so we're gonna move back just a little bit so as you were jamming uh, a few minutes ago to the whinings tell us about that particular selection. And I always ask our guests, and so that was your intro selection of choice, Restoration, the whining. Tell us about that. Well, that's certainly one of the songs that I would consider a theme of my life. Um, uh, I believe that I walk in that special gift of restoration. There are different preachers, evangelists, and pastors who are known for specific things. Some have dynamic healing ministries. Some are dynamic in the prophetic uh, and deliverance. And though most pastors uh, should operate in whatever is needed for the congregation, I mm-hmm. believe that my strength, uh, brother, is uh, the gift of restoration. It is something that I have done ever since I have been uh, called to preach and my whole ministry is styled with that in mind, from my sermons to my teaching. Uh, I attribute all of that to uh, Luke chapter 4 and Isaiah 61, that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news. And mm. restoration is indeed good news. And so uh, we have to be in position to spread that good news and stay focused to what our particular assignments are. Awesome. That is well said. Restoration. And 
a lot of people, I'm sure, would love to be a recipient of restoration, um, especially in the times that we are living in. And there is so much going on politically, socially, economically, Mm -hmm. and even in the religious world, uh, we are divided. And so I'm sure restoration would help a lot of people, right? That's true. That's very true. You know, uh, restoration takes time. It is not something that happens overnight. Uh, It's really like uh, if you've ever been into a repair shop, uh, particularly like furniture repair, uh, they take their time with those pieces because they are valuable, they're delicate. And many times they even have to put gloves on to make sure things are not uh, destroyed with different oils. And once it is restored, it comes back to its original or even better place. And that is what we experience with the hand of God when we are in his care It takes time. He works on us. And I think the mistake that many Christians make is that either we are in a rush for God to do the work in us or we rush others that we don't see progress with, not knowing that God is taking his time on us. Mm -hmm. And and I I would say restoration would go somewhere in the lines in the same similar category as Forgiveness. Sure. It, it's and, it's all of that is very important. And which which we struggle with on an individual basis. It's easy uh, for us to go to God and receive forgiveness from God, but from each other, sometimes it's not as simple. Uh, yeah. Not as easy. Very true. Well, um, well, we thank God for your restorative ministry and it is a great thing that people can come to the church where they are supposed to come and get healing and restoration and and be received with open arms it's an awesome ministry that you have um so tell us dealing with restoration um there's also some other challenges that we face within the body of Christ or within our world as pertaining to uh, culture, the culture of the day. And uh, you said that you know what your ministry is and many, many people don't aren't really sure what their assignment is. And sometimes their assignment changes according to where they are and who they are around. And so share a little bit with us about culture and the church culture and the day that we're in. Well, yeah, I think the culture has definitely changed or in some ways it uh, goes in circles. Uh, We're in a time now where people are uh, much more independent than they were years ago. Back in the day, we were uh, strict with our various forms of denominations. I've uh, lived long enough to remember whatever your denomination was was the Uh, really the style of who you were, but because of television and marketing and media, all of that is pretty much wrapped up, fresh for word and knowledge. Culture is different because people are uh, now busier. Um, They're in many ways, some are more educated. There are different things that people need from life, and the culture dictates the actions of the people as far as church culture. You probably remember when back as a child, well, I can say, because I'm I'm a little older than you, brother, but (laughs) I remember we would have a revival for five nights a week, and they cut them down from five to three, and now you just do a one- to two-night crusade because culture dictates, and it has changed. I remember when you came to church in what we call church clothes, uh, suits, ties. Um, the sisters came in, in, in dresses and skirts. And now you can come to church with your, your – if I was in Chicago, I would say gym shoes, but we say sneakers in the East Coast. <laughs> but I think that uh, things are 
so different because of the climate of the here and now. One of the assuring things that is of assurance to us is that God is still the Lord. All of the changes that we face. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a change for me coming from Chicago, in fact, to the East Coast. Culturally, it was different for me because I pastored on the west side of Chicago. My congregation was uh, African American. Uh, here on the East Coast, uh, this is much more of a, a mixture of people and cultures. So now, experiencing the uh, privilege to pastor people from the West Indies, pastoring people from Africa, uh, you know, it's just a blend. And you have to be aware of that. So in your sermon preparation and in your delivery, you have to know how to reach people from various cultures. Hmm. Interesting. And and so how how do we reach people from various cultures? Well, it takes, you know, the scripture is true when it says study to show thyself approved unto the Lord. Um, study is important. The mistake we do, uh, Reverend, is that we study scripture, 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 but we have to study cultures. We have to study history. We have to study uh, statistics. We have to know who and what uh, we are around. And so in being able to study that, then you know how to rightly share the word of the Lord and rightly be a aid of help into whatever community and whatever people God has placed you in. You cannot go like in the old days and just pitch up a tent and just do your thing. You mm-hmm. have to know people. You got to live among them. You have to uh, uh, know who they are and what their background is. Correct. And I believe it was Paul that says, I'm made all things. I become all things to all that I might save some. Correct. That's right. It's, it's, it's an evangelistic tool that you have to be open to if truly want to be all things to all people. Awesome. Well said. And well, that is a good thing that you certainly recognize that. And so many people uh, become, I, I was actually around a person one time and it it was the person, I, well, I'm not going to say what denomination it was, but the person was <laughs> in a very uh, strict denomination. And so they they got a new pastor and the pastor was younger and more progressive and the church had never had drums in it. And so the pastor introduced drums to the music department and the lady was upset. I mean, she was like, I can't believe this. And they're doing things like this. This has never happened before. And so she was in culture shock. And so I'm sure the pastor was in culture shock because I'm sure he figured by now, you know, like you said, things have changed and everybody is, has been exposed to a little bit of everything. You may start out Methodist, you may go Pentecostal, you may go Baptist, you may go Episcopalian, you may go president. We've, we've been around people with, even within our family that belong to different denominations. So at least we should be accustomed to something different. And so this lady, she was totally anti, anti drums. <laughs> it was a stumbling mm-hmm. block for her. So, yeah. you know, some people can't get over that hurdle of change. <clears throat> I can remember, man, when I was a uh, uh, youngster, uh, I was in, it was the early 80s, and uh, the Hawkins family came to do a concert in Chicago. And I grew up in a Scotch Baptist environment with one foot in Church of God in Christ. <laughs> so um, I had my view based on what I was taught in the environment I was around right. when Tremaine and the Hawkins family came on stage, they were all in jumpsuits. And I looked at them, well, in my Baptist church, if a woman came in the church, they would put a skirt around her or get an old choir robe for them to come in the sanctuary. And and certainly in my godmother's church of God in Christ, 
it was the same thing because, you know, in their mind, that was not pleasing for a woman to dress that way. Well, the mm-hmm. Hawkins family comes in, and they all have on these jumpsuits, and I'm looking at Tremaine, who, by the way, is one of my favorites, and I'm looking at them in these jumpsuits on stage, and I got a little tight thinking, this isn't right. You know, this <laughs> this is not of God. And, man, all I could tell you by the second song, when they peeled me off the floor from the anointing and the power of God, I forgot about what they were wearing, and I knew then I had to change my view and understand that God is so much bigger than what we have done to box people from these various uh, doctrines and outdated mindsets. Mm. Very well said. Since you mentioned that, you mentioned the Hawkins family. So you do have you have a little bit of musical background as well, correct? Uh, yes. Put it this way, <laughs> I was the choir director. Uh, in my church, my uncle was my pastor. And so, of course, when you grew up in a family church, you, you'd never know where you would be working. And mm-hmm. so I started directing the, the, the youth choir to the young adult choir. And uh, those were the good old days. We would go from church to church on Sundays after morning worship, uh, where we would start with Sunday school at 9, morning worship at 11, uh, afternoon service at 3, which was B, um, uh, BTU, then by 3.30 to 4 o'clock, the, the evening service. Then we'd go to a night service for musical. So that was pretty much what I did way up until my uh, 30s. So it was mm-hmm. church, church, and hearing good gospel music. Mm-hmm. And how, how important is music to the culture and, and to the to the ministry. Music number large. one is it's it's universal and even when you don't even understand the lyrics, if the spirit of the music is right, it will still usher you into the presence of God. When I was in Kenya, uh many of the churches spoke in their native language or uh Swahili. And they would sing these songs in Swahili, but you would feel the presence of God from the music that was around. And, of course, when they would give you the uh, interpretation, you could join in all the more. But music is able to set the stage for you to enter into a, a mode of worship and a mode of praise and even a mode of just meditative contemplation with God. So important important so i i certainly can appreciate someone that appreciates music because I, there even some people i've encountered people there are some particular denominations they don't they don't believe in music you know they're they don't have yeah. musical instruments in their church um yeah they sing acapella you know and mm-hmm. they have they have their reasons why they they do that and i guess mm-hmm. uh, who am i to judge but uh, every mm-hmm. now and then we need a little hand clapping and foot stomping and we need to hear a B3 and a piano and some drums or a tambourine. <laughs> I think we need it all, man. There, there are times when I need to hear a good anthem or spiritual. Um, mm-hmm. I was listening uh, the other day to some old singing from Fix University um uh, choir when they okay. get the old spirituals and just okay. to hear that you go back into that date and time from where that was born and what the meaning was and then sometimes I need to hear some good choir music where you can just jump and shout to the music. Mm-hmm. I, I I totally agree and as a as a minister of the gospel, um, <laughs> when it's time to preach, certainly you need something. Uh, in in front of you sometimes in order to get the yeah. atmosphere right because sometimes oh, when yeah. you when you go places to preach sometimes the atmosphere just isn't right <laughs> or it's just yeah, not right. right where you where you need it to be and so as yeah. one person explained to me um, that uh, ministered in a sermonic uh, selection they said listen you have to leave the preacher something to work with. 
And so I, I like that. That's true. You you and and the preacher has to when you go into a congregation, you have prayed up and and be a worshiper so that when you walk in you can take the spiritual temperature of that house. Mm-hmm. And when you take the spiritual temperature of that house, then you gotta make sure that it is the right song or the right uh praise and worship because you exhaust the preacher when you put him up or her up and the ground has not been broken for the delivery of the word. Amen. I certainly agree with that. Uh, you can be in some tight situations. Yeah. <laughs> certainly, We thank God for music appreciation. Amen. Yeah. Certainly um, as we, we've addressed the musical needs of the people, we've addressed the, the spiritual needs, the cultural needs. And so on the back burner for so many years has been our mental health. And certainly that lately is becoming a recurring theme. And so many people talk about it. I have different guests. And no matter what they talk about, somehow this becomes a recurring issue. And so what do you have to say about this recurring, reoccurring issue in our society and even in the body of Christ? Well, it's very important that we all have to mature in the things of the Lord and understand that God's word is for all of us, our mind, our body, as well as our soul. And we have spooked each other thinking <laughs> that mental health is something that is um, dark and it is cold and it has nothing to do with God and our our uh, only answer for it is simply we're going to pray and believe God and while I believe that is very important and very true to pray and believe God we should pray and believe God for our happiness and our joy we should pray and believe God for the blessings of the Lord that make us rich and add no sorrow but when it comes to mental health it is such a stigma of negativity for it. And we have to open up and realize every church has someone who's suffering with mental health issues. And possibly who's ever listening right now, it's probably in each of our homes if there's more than three people in the home, there's mental health because mental health is not always just bipolar or schizophrenia. Mental health is anxiety, pressure, it's oppression, and many times it's possession. And mm. I don't mean possession in the, the sense of uh, the exorcist, though those are realities. But mm-hmm. I mean in the sense that when you are addicted to something and that something controls you and you don't control it, that's possession. And so we can be in the body of Christ. But you never know what a person's journey is to what brought them to that position. And so uh, I am sensitive, and we should all be sensitive to know that there's a need to help those who are suffering in the house of the Lord with mental health. The prophets, many of them had mental health problems and challenges. When the prophet was, uh, when he uh, slew all those false prophets of Baal, he was on the high. Mm-hmm. But then right after that, uh, uh, the queen, she said that I'm coming after you. And mm-hmm. he was so nervous when uh, Jezebel made that statement, he went into hiding mm-hmm. because and depression and asked God that he would die. That's, mm-hmm. that's depression in the worst sense. So that's mental health. But then we find how God brings you up and God brings you out. David had moments of it. So many people. And so we can't look down on folk for that. We have to be the agent of healing and or restoration with those who are suffering. Wow. And and what steps have you taken in your particular ministry to address those mental health needs? 
Well, one of the things that uh, we do in Jersey and what I did in Chicago is to make sure that we have a ministry that is sensitive to it, people with the gift of help. Um, that's a strong area for them to work with the gift of discernment. You see, uh, preacher, so many of us, we want discernment so we can uh, go on the road and stand people up and tell them what color they was wearing when they was in their home five weeks ago and all that kind of stuff. That's <laughs> not it. The gift of discernment is to discern the patterns and ways of individuals because of what they are afflicted with, but then you also have the gift of prayer and help to help direct them, to bring them into a pattern of deliverance. And so we have a ministry in our church uh, called Ready Ministries uh, for those that are dealing with substance abuse or those who have been uh, involved in uh, selling of it or enabling others from alcohol to narcotics to even uh, sexual uh, strongholds. And so we make sure we have people that have the background of social uh, services, such as social workers and things of like that, as well as those who are bathed in prayer and who have walked in that and now have the victory. And mm. so we use that where people can come and feel safe. They don't have to re, um, go around bragging about it. They meet once a week, but they are accountable to each other, and it's prayer. And if they need other agents of help, we also provide that from a social level. Awesome. That is a great work that you are doing. And thank God that someone is addressing the mental health needs of the congregation. And certainly it would be a shame that we would come, that we come to church and sing and shout and dance and then go home as so many from the, from the pastors to the people that are pastoring in the pulpit to members in the congregation. Listen, suicide is real and it's happening. Yes, it is. And it, it was almost like an epidemic one time, and so yeah. uh, it, it, in so many words. Um, so it's it's very important that listen, don't don't sing and shout and mask your issues. You know, exactly. deal with your issues. And and, and, that and many is, times, it's a lot of times it's the pastors and their families that are suffering because they have hmm. no one that they can turn to or go to. Wow, pressure, pressure's real. Yeah. As well. We are going to take a break because um, it's, it's coming to that time. So we are going to take a break and we're going to come back and we're going to briefly talk about your ascension to the bishopric and our number in studio listeners 619-924-0800 619-924-0800 we are going to give you a brief opportunity to shout out the bishop on today or if you have a question or uh, concern that you are looking for an answer. Stay tuned.
right, we are back with uh, Bishop Victor A.G. And our topic today, Progressive Revelation. Bishop, you feel your help after that one? I feel my help, brother. <laughs> All right. So what would you like to tell our listeners? Well, as we're coming down to that time, uh, we had, we've talked today, Progressive Revelation, and certainly we've talked about culture and ministry and restoration and so on a personal level and on a on a denominational level uh you went from a licensed ordained preacher of the gospel to holding another title which is uh yes i i was uh ordained a baptist preacher at age 21 Right. And I started pastoring uh, when I was uh, right at 30 years old, a year after pastoring uh, or fellowship. Uh, and so we kind of moved up uh, the ranks as it relates to serving in that organization during its infancy stage. And I went from being a, a state director of Ministerial Alliance uh, helping ministers uh, you know, with the foundations of what that means to mm-hmm. becoming a, a district overseer to a state overseer and then a bishop in the Lord's church. And I certainly did not take that lightly. I was just really honored that God would do it. And even with that, I don't even know if we have time to talk about it, but it was a really a prophetic uh, word that came true uh, from my time as a senior, a freshman in high school. Uh, I did uh, Catholic high school for one year, and I was the recipient of the uh, religion award. Mm. And my uh, teacher, Sister Janine, she said, well, if you stay here for four years, you're going to get that award. I was the first black person and first Protestant to receive that award. Wow. And, and I said, well, Sister Janine, there's just one problem. And she said, what is that? I said, I'm not Catholic, I'm Baptist. And she <laughs> shrugged her shoulders and said, oh, well, by then you'll be Catholic. And she said, you may even someday be a bishop. And wow. that was from Janine. Then years later, my cousin, who was a presiding elder in the AME church, when he heard me preached, he grabbed me and he said, you're going to be a bishop someday. Well, I wasn't AME. I wasn't uh, Catholic. I was Baptist, but with a Pentecostal edge to me, there was no such thing as full gospel. But when that came along, that seemed to jail me in the manner of which I uh, really understood the spirit of God. And so I stuck with it and the Lord opened that door. And sure enough, I was consecrated a bishop in the Lord's church. Wow. Awesome. And I'm sure you've met, and as you just talked briefly, gave us a story of your testimony of your journey. I'm sure there are some people, I don't want to forget this. I'm sure there's some people that you probably would like to shout out or some people that have influenced you in your ministry other, you know, Sister Janine and all those others, your cousin. So who would you like to shout out on today? Uh, well, that would be Sister Janine, um, who was very instrumental in my religious uh, training. Um, I'd have to say to the late Reverend John Whitehead Sr., who was my pastor at the time, and my uncle, and one of the most positive male role models in my life, uh, mm-hmm. I'd have to also give credit to the sainted mother of Zion, Virginia Anderson of Holy Covenant Church of God in Christ in Chicago, who taught me how to spiritually uh, go into the deep with God and mm-hmm. my foundation. Other than, you know, my mother and my father, uh, my mother particularly was a praying woman and connected to God in a sh- strong way. And there were people in our church that we were connected to. Um, 
but my ascension into the bishopric was all due in part to Bishop Larry Trotter, to mm-hmm. Bishop Paul Morton. Uh, those were ones who allowed those doors to open for me. Uh, and I also have to say uh, Bishop Simon Gordon. So uh, those were some of the steps to my journey very seriously because we're living in a day and time now where people started church two weeks after they're saved, they're a pastor, uh, a month later they're an apostle or a bishop. That's not how it works, man. You have to understand the calling and understand true apostolic succession Mm. and know where your bishopric comes from. And so when I meet a preacher who says they're a bishop, what I want to know is under what hand of authority do you hold that office? Uh, How are you? Because a bishop has to know who lay hands on them, who lay hands on the one who lay hands on him, all the way up because apostolic succession means that you are authentic in your authority in the church of God to mm. be one to represent him. And if a person doesn't have apostolic succession, they may be a Christian, they may be powerful and anointed, but there's somebody that's walking around with the understanding of their authority. Wow. That that was I have a lot of questions after that one. But 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 uh, I don't think time will permit me to do that. So I think <laughs> apostolic succession is actually a whole nother episode. I, I would be glad to come back and share that with you. And certainly, uh, I can trace I can trace my bishopric to Pope Paul the Sixth, and from right. him who who lay hands on the pe- people all the way down. Bishop Paul Morton who lay hands on me. Now there were others who did it as well, but my apostolic succession comes from that lineage. And if you don't know what you come from, how can you get up before the people and operate in that authority of a true bishop of the Lord's church? Wow. Wow. And so and and as you said, as you talk about the bishopric, um when we were talk when we met and we were talking and my brother used to be uh was one time musician for uh Hollywood for for gospel Baptist Cathedral, Bishop Andy C. Luter. And so oh my God. It's, it's amazing how small the world is. We always say the saying is six degrees of separation, but I did a little research on that and they said that due to social media and other things like that, the, because of the way the world is trending now, it's actually less than six degrees of separation. Now. Yeah. So yeah. we uh, found out that we had some common connections. Well, Bishop Luter was my uh, instructor and one who I studied under when I was in the school of the Episcopacy and I tell you that I am just uh, amazed at the gift that the Lord has blessed him with. And he was the homilist for my consecration, the post-consecration service. I admire him, and he is certainly one of my uh, uh, favorite men of God in the bishopric. Wow, wow. I do want to take a, f- a few callers uh, before we conclude on today. 619-924-0800. 619-924-0800. Now, I do have a few people here. I don't know if you are listening or um, if you just want to say something. So um, I'm going to take the first caller. Hello? Hello, eight four eight caller. Okay, maybe they're uh, just uh, listening. Okay, six one nine nine two four zero eight zero zero. Caller, are you there? Hello, caller. Caller, hello. Would you like to say something? Okay, I heard them say something, but then I didn't. Yeah. Okay. All right. Our number in studio 
Okay, I have someone else here. Caller, would you like to say something? Just listening? Okay. All right. So we are just about at the close of the hour. So we want our listeners to know your service times, your location, because perhaps there's someone out there that is unchurched or somebody that is going to be visiting in New Jersey and they're looking for some place to worship. Can you tell us your address and location and how they can connect with the ministry? Sure. We are, again, New Vision Baptist Cathedral, and we are located 100 Warrington Place, East Orange, New Jersey. And uh, that number, if you want to reach us, is 973-672-5211. And we are at service. Our Sunday school is at 9 a.m. on Sundays, and our morning worship is at 10 a.m. And we start on time. We get in and we worship the Lord, and we're normally out between an hour and a half after service. We also have a Tuesday Bible study. Uh, We call it Truth for Life. And Truth for Life now, Once a month, we're live every first Tuesday at the church at the 7 o'clock hour on Tuesday. But for the remaining three weeks, you can catch us on Facebook Live. Incidentally, all of our services are Facebook Live as well as YouTube. And so those are ways that you can reach us, and we would certainly uh, invite you to share with us. And if someone is in the Chicagoland area, you can reach uh, the church uh, uh, praise temple of restoration, and that is 301 Mayfield Avenue in Chicago, and their services are at 930. And so we are grateful to the Lord for what he's doing, man, and we invite everyone to check us out. All right, listeners, there you have it. If you're in East Orange, New Jersey, we certainly want you to visit New Vision Baptist Cathedral. And certainly if you're in Chicago, uh, certainly the church there in Chicago. And I'm sure that you will be blessed. And certainly we thank you, uh, Bishop, for sharing with us on this Saturday afternoon. And certainly it has been informative. It has been uh, powerful. And we pray that the listeners today have been enlightened and encouraged and you know time just goes by so fast but i do seriously <laughs> want to want to go back and visit the, the bishopric uh, because sure. uh that that deserves a, a separate separate conversation but uh we thank god for authenticity and ministry and certainly uh we are living in a day and time where so many people are in ministry and some of them are not authentic and everybody has their own doctrine. Everybody mm-hmm. has their own belief system. They have their own value system. And listen, it's so easy. It's so easy to um, just to, to hear the wrong voice. And so yeah. we have to, we have to know, we have to have that personal relationship with God. And so we can know the right voice and, know if what people are saying if it's backed up by scripture <laughs> and so people say a lot of things but uh, i don't know but anyway so we thank god for are uh, you sharing with us for our listeners we want you to know that immediately following this episode you can listen to the entire episode on blog talk radio on apple itunes on spotify and on google play and certainly we also want to remind our listeners that uh, one of our sponsors is uh, Brother Marlin is, has a special uh, offer for you on today, and it is a complimentary physical training session. So if you're in the New York area, uh, please contact, send us an email, globalgospel17 at gmail.com, and I will be able to further connect you with that complimentary physical training session again thank you it was a pleasure uh meeting and sharing with bishop 
uh, AG, and certainly uh, he has a warm spirit, and certainly he's informative. And and as he suggested to us today, or let us know, he is authentic. <laughs> he can trace <laughs> his apostolic succession, and certainly uh, authenticity means everything. In a day and a time where there's so many counterfeit, there's counterfeit uh, pocketbooks. Uh, you might be able to get a get get away with a knock or a pocketbook, but <laughs> <laughs> but listen, even knockoffs when they when they're not right and they break, you can't you can't take it back. You can't. It is what it is. <laughs> so uh, anyway, enough of that. Thank you, Bishop, for sharing with us. And so I'm going to turn this uh, back to uh, Bishop Ag, and he's going to give his uh, closing uh, remarks for today and tell us whatever he would like to say, and he's going to conclude, conclude with prayer. And certainly we want you to meet us again on every Saturday from 1 p.m. until 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Bishop, it is in your hands. Well, thanks again, preacher. I thank God for you and just the connection that we have as well as your brother. And I was able to get through this uh, radio interview with you with no problem I got a feeling if it was with your brother, it would have been another story. Because he keeps me laughing. <laughs> but if full of God would just hold on to what the Lord is doing in this hour in the earth, I think God is speaking uh, with the microphone very loud with what's happening in our atmosphere and in our world, but the people have become so desensitized. So I want to pray that God will heighten our awareness of him, and I thank God for what he's doing in your life, uh, brother, that God will continue to bless you. Heavenly Father, thank you for this and what you're doing in the life of Brother Lamar and his family and what you're doing with this, what is a sign in his hand. Bless him above and abundantly. And to all those that tune in, that you continue to prosper them in all their ways. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Again, we thank you. God bless you. Listeners, listen to the closing selection. I'm still standing, Bishop Paul Morton. Morton, God bless you. God bless you.
Queen. 